0: Went event, hour two here on the, on the show. Touchdown turnover, back by, by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong. Better rates and better service. It's time for a win. Gotta have this one. It's also time for someone on offense to hit a milestone. Think about it. If you are recruiting a 22 class, and listen, 22 class has been what it is. It is what it is. But if you're going to go into the transfer portal this offseason, and if you're going to recruit, period, 22, 23, moving forward, you're going to have to show these players how they're going to be used. and right now there's not a lot of good things to show offensively from the receiver position. Now, tight end, oh yeah, you can you can show the targets, you can show the the development. I think Alex Gooch has done a great job. Jacob has done a good job. Prince and Fant, the tight ends, man, they have they have they they've, they've done a really good job. But this offense is built around explosive play. Speed, speed, speed. And you don't just make guys fast. You recruit fast guys. You have to attract those players. And how are you going to do that if you got a bunch of fast guys right now and your fastest guy has yet to score a touchdown and your fastest guy has hasn't really done much? So this is the game where you got to hit some milestones if you are uh, in that receiver room and in the running back room. Because remember, Mizzou is terrible at stopping the run. Touchdown turnover, Ben. We get either a 100-yard rusher or we get a 100-yard receiver on Saturday.
1: Touchdown or turnover? Touchdown. I think Tyon Evans rushes for 100 yards. I think Tyon Evans has a nice day on the ground, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Assuming that the offensive line can hold up, as as you all know, I have my concerns mm-hmm. about the offensive line based off of our conversation yesterday. I just have not seen this offensive line be successful without Cooper Mays. So until they prove me otherwise, I'm not going to expect for them to be successful. Uh, so I, I do think Tyon can can overcome a, a Cooper Mays-less offensive line to get to 100, but if the offensive line takes a step forward without Cooper and and they're, they're opening up some holes, I could see Tyon going for 150, 160 Ooh. and having, like, SEC player of the week type numbers, like 150 in a, in a, in a pair of tutties. I, I could see that happening. So I, I say touchdown. I, I think uh, I think Tyon goes over 100. I just – I'm not willing to – put my neck on the line for a receiver to, to go for a hundred yards at, at this point. I mean, it, it wouldn't completely surprise me. Maybe it would you, but just with the, with the way Tennessee takes deep shots, if Javante Payton hits another 75 yard touchdown, all he needs is like two more catches to get to a hundred and only have three catches on the afternoon and still get to a hundred. So it wouldn't completely surprise me if, if a receiver got to a hundred, but uh, i I'll, 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 I'll Go out on a limb and say Tyon Evans rushes for a hundred, and based off of Missouri's rush defense, I don't know that it's going out on a limb too much. Yeah, Javante Payton
0: had eighty-two against against Florida, so I mean he was probably one one more catch on two catches. Yeah, on two catches, so he had two catches, for eighty-two yards. So he was probably one more catch or two small catches away from you know hitting that milestone of a hundred yards. So. Uh, he did have 46 yards against Tennessee Tech and a touchdown. Um, didn't didn't have a catch or anything against against Pittsburgh, and that's certainly something that you can't allow to continue to to happen if you are Tennessee at this point. I think Callaway and Peyton and Tillman have have emerged as the, the guys that I think you can count on the wide receiver position right now. So uh, you know Callaway got a flush to flush the drop. He got to learn from it you got, got to go out and, and just perform, make the next play. And I thought the, the play design was good on the fourth down and five with the with the rub route. I thought Tillman did a great job doing, you know, doing his job, uh, making Callaway's um, defender have to slow down, have to change his speed, and that created more separation for Callaway. It was perfect play design, perfect execution, except for the catch. So uh, you can cut all the film and say, man, we're so close, man, we're so close. And, be, and it's true, so close. All ten guys are doing their job. Just one guy didn't, and that's why you didn't have a successful play. And that's just the way it works, man, this game of football. Um, it's ultimate team sport. So, But, yeah, I'm going touchdown, too, man. I think it's, it comes from the running back position. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tyon Evans. I think he hits that 100-yard mark um, to, 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 on Saturday. I know Boston College – their offensive line is totally different. You know, how they how they um, run the football is, is totally different. How they set the run up, their, their, their alignment, their formations, all those things are different. Personnel groupings, something that Kay Mays uh, touched on during Tennessee Prime, the personnel groupings are different. But I still feel like Tyon Evans, uh, just put him in some one-on-one situations, he's going to make guys miss and he has the speed. To break away. Run guys over. Because the Boston College running back can break away. Tyron Evans can break away. Just give him some space. So I I think that um, he will hit 100 yards on
1: on Saturday. Uh, The good folks do indeed want to know your horrid wide receiver stat. Let's hear it, Swain. Got my coffee. I'm ready, said Orange Arc. Five cent ball. Let's hear it, Swain. Neal and Mafia. Tell it, he said in all caps. Uh, and then we had another one. Yes, we want to know from SC Vol Volunteer Jack. We want to know Mike in North Georgia. Rip the band aid off. Let's hear the depression on the passing game. Air Force Vol. Let's hear wide receiver stats, sir. Here's the best one. I want to know the passing stats. I'm a real Tennessee fan. I love the punishment. That's what Brandon Luckett said.
0: Last year, Tennessee played an all SEC schedule, so you played. South Carolina first, Missouri second, Georgia third, and uh, who was the fourth game? What was the fourth game to play? Was that was that was that Bama last year? Mm-mm. What Bama was? it? Well,
1: it might have been because we did start the season later. I know the first three games. Um, woo!
0: That was Kentucky third, Bama, and then Georgia. Yes, yeah, Kentucky. South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Georgia. Yeah, it, no, it was, yeah, it was South Carolina, Missouri, Georgia, Kentucky. There it is. So, leading receiver was Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer, through the first four games, had 15 receptions, 238 yards, three touchdowns. Now, Josh Palmer physically. He's 6'2", he's fast enough, strong, but he was the leading receiver last last year. But through four games, 15 receptions, 238, three touchdowns. Jeremy Pruitt was the coach, Jerry Gantano was the quarterback, all SEC schedule, first four games. Leading receiver right now through four games is uh, Valus Jones. As far as yardage, nine receptions, 160, one touchdown. What was Judge Palmer's? 15 receptions, 238, three touchdowns. I'm <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, like, I thought, like, I, I the thought came to my mind yesterday, and I was like, man, let me look at this up. And then when I looked it up, I was like, well, you know, since doing this research, and just and, and not share it with you, so I sent it to you, Ben. And you were like day for yesterday. Thank, thanks a lot, thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Aren't you a ball of, of positivity? I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> I did <man>. say that.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just,
0: I'm just. Aren't you a ball of positivity? <laughs> sorry, I'm just sending you like the research I just did. Sorry. So guys, gotta get on the board, man. Guys, gotta gotta get it going. Gotta get it going in that receiver room. Gotta get it going, but whatever, whatever. (laughs) Randy's says, how many yards did the Kentucky DBs have? Well, the the Kentucky linebacker
1: he had a field day. One current Tennessee Titan, Christian Fulton, pick six on the sideline. Remember the the one before JT Stroud came in? He went to
0: Kentucky. I thought he went to
1: uh, V Tech. No, that's Caleb Farley. That's right. That's the, right. That's the, right. The other one, Christian Fulton, transferred from LSU to Kentucky. Okay. 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 Caleb Farley is the one that went to Virginia. That's right. That's right. Virginia. I think went to Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right. Virginia Tech. Trash talker. Oh man.
0: Sorry to bring down the mood, but y'all asked for it. Chip Payne says, "What position group worried you the most against Mizzou? Long snapper." Chip, I think you know that answer based on the conversation <laughs> we just we just had. Middle Tennessee Rick says the only positive I see um out of that statement about the receivers is that this is, is a first year system versus Pruitt's third year, I believe. I mean if you want to look at it that way, I look at I look at it as as bad as JG, Pruitt, and Cheney was together. And Pruitt was calling plays, micromanaging. JG was as bad as bad can be at the quarterback position his last year it still was better in the first four games that's how i see it yeah that's what that's how i see it so we're not throwing interceptions like the first four games last year that's that's the thing that's different but as far as like receiver production and your leading receiver josh palmer In the first four games is better than our leading receiver right now. That's the that's the only thing that that you should hear. That last year's leading receiver at the four games better than better numbers than the lead receiver this year at the four games. So But this is an opportunity though. This is a great opportunity. Just watching Mizzou's DBs, I would be, I would be salivating. If I'm a guy that can run, you know, I'm a four-four guy. I would be salivating because I didn't, I didn't feel like these guys could could move all that well. Um, so there's 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 opportunities like they have like they have been, um, but Florida DBs were were faster, could run with you more on verticals. These guys are not as fast as the Florida Florida DBs, so
1: there will be there will be opportunities. Let me ask you this: as a receiver, does anything change? Going into a game where the safeties are better than the corners, because I don't think Missouri has anything to brag about when it comes to, to corners. I'm, I'm with you there. But I, I, I do like their, their safety tandem. Uh, Sean Robinson, former quarterback, started at quarterback yeah. against Tennessee last year. Now he's a starting safety for, for Missouri, and he's making plays. He's he's playing really well. And then they have Jalen Carlisle. I don't know how to say his last name correctly. Forgive me. But uh, if if you watched the Kentucky Missouri game, he was the big old safety number one that locked somebody and, and forced the fumble. And let me guess, he got targeting. He was called for targeting, but they overturned it after review. So he 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 is another guy that is capable of of making plays, and um, I like I like Missouri's safety tandem. Not high on their corners. Does that? change anything for you as a receiver or as an offense, a passing game going into the game? It
0: depends on the route you run. I mean, you can like you can crush a secondary if you just stick to the routes around the numbers and the routes that don't uh, – I'll give you examples. So, like, we played Florida my, my last year. Like, I had a big game – where I tried to die from the five-yard line and it was down to the one. Um, they called a touchdown initially. At the replay, they I was down. I think Arian scored the next play. Whatever. But I was going up against Ryan Johnson, Ryan Smith, Ryan Smith, who was a transfer corner from Utah. So he had came over from Utah to follow Urban Meyer, and. Ryan Smith and I trained together in Florida for the NFL Combine. But, like, on that, on that play, he was guarding me. So it was the Twins. I was in the slot. Meacham was on the outside. Uh, Ainge checked. He checked because there's a lot of guys in the box, so he checked two double slants. And because I was shortest throw and I beat my guy, like, Ainge hit me, and it was off to the races. And um, I was able to make a play against Ryan Smith. There was other opportunities during the game where I was able to beat the guy in front of me, the corner. But the moment that we tried to throw it in the middle of the football field, the first play of the game was the interception. We tried to run. Um, it was trips and me, Meech, and Brett, and I had a slant, and I think, Meech, I think Brett had the wheel route, and we tried to hit the wheel route in the first play. And Reggie Nelson, long-time NFL safety, came out of nowhere, beeline, made an NFL type of play. If you have great safeties, you don't hang the ball up in the middle of the football field for a very long time. But if you have advantage at corner, then you can run the – the the slants. You can run the comebacks. You can run the curls. Before you get to that third level. You can you can do that all day long. It's at the numbers. It's intermediate. The safeties, they can't do anything about that. So it just really depends on how Hypo and company wants to attack. If like if Missouri safeties are a problem where they they can track deep balls, they no like Dion Grant back there, then you wanna you wanna keep it on the sideline. But These corners are not Dwayne Goodrich. They ain't Terry Fair. You can beat these corners on the outside. Like, I I was watching Mizzou BC and little freshman undersized BC receivers giving veteran Mizzou DBs the business. Running outs. Running little, you know, little post corners. Post corners, you kind of throw that thing away from the safety if you throw it right. So, it just really—it just really depends, man, on our play selection, our route tree. Um, but if we—if we just think we're gonna run just quick screens, little raise-up throws to the receiver, and all we run is just go routes and then post routes, seam routes, then I mean, it really makes it easy on the safety. You don't have to—he can play
1: those well, if he's good. I would be curious to to hear Tim Banks' thoughts or Willie Martinez's thoughts that. If, if one was going to be better than the other in the secondary, like if, if you had to pick between safety being your, being weaker than the other or corner being weaker than the other, I would rather corner be weaker than a, than a safety because it feels like a safety can help eliminate mistakes. To where a corner's on an island and if, if there's poor safeties behind them, then they're truly on an island because they don't have an eraser behind them. That, that's just a, a natural thought that comes to, to my mind. I, I would be curious to hear a defensive coaches or uh, a, a Fred White, a Deion Grant, somebody like that, their take on on that thought. So maybe that works to, to Missouri's advantage. They, they may not be strong at, at corner, but they have two – really solid safeties behind them that that can erase some some mistakes by the corner
0: that's a that's a good one let me see if i can reach out to a, a db during the break and i think you know one or two or get a, three get, or four. get answer for you uh it is early so we'll see we'll see <laughs> but man these are grown folks they should be up by 8 8 30 swain event feel about that in barbecue While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain Event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. 7007 42nd Street Brand
2: Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. If you know your HVAC system is in need of replacement, now's the time to upgrade. Hiller wants to buy your old system. During the month of September, you'll earn a credit of up to $1,500 on select new HVAC systems when you trade in your old unit. Or upgrade to a new tankless water heater, and we'll give you $500 for your old equipment. Don't wait until your system fails. Visit HappyHiller.com today. Happy you'll be, or the service is
3: free. Call the Happy Face Truck today.
0: You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. I don't think I have any friends. <laughs> it's because
1: you're a bad friend. I guess, why. I, you, guess, you, you, I guess... You read right. this on
0: yourself. I guess... I guess... I guess so. Maybe my friends are lazy bums that don't check text messages at 8.30 in the morning. Well, one is 7.30 because he's on a different time zone. So I have two defenders, which... Problem they would rather have the most either weak corner or weak safety I tend to go corner but I think a safety uh, they can help in the run game they can erase some issues and problems um, and then you can always try to hide a corner with playing some zone playing some cover three playing some cover two you can you can always help help a struggling corner but I don't know how you'd help a struggling safety so I'm gonna say I would rather have a you know, struggling corner, then a struggling safety, but I want to see what those guys say. They played a high level here, at Tennessee, and they played in the league. So, VFL99 says, my question is: What are the numbers collectively for the passing game versus last year? Maybe we are spreading the ball out a lot more. Well, that's a good. That's a good question. That's a good question. I was just looking at you know leading receiver because I think I think when you are trying to recruit receivers, I think you need to be able to show oh look look this could be you. Like I want to see like I want to see a receiver hitting the hundred yard mark. I want to see a receiver, you know, having three four hundred yards at this point of the season Um, because I I want to envision myself. Going for a thousand yards in this particular offense. So um, let's 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 look collectively as a wide receiver unit. Valus has nine catches for one sixty. Peyton has seven catches for one forty. Callaway has five for eighty four. Tillman has six for seventy eight. Hyatt has four for 62. 2020. Why are you breathing hard, Ben? You got asthma? Yeah. You're giving it to me. I'm just answering questions, man. That's all I'm doing. I'm just answering questions. You don't have to. So... And it's hard to tell on on like on air because I have to go and look at like all these guys, all our receivers at the four games. So obviously this year's after four games, last year's stats are for the for the season. Um, but I'd probably say the ball is spread around more with this with this group. Josh Palmer is really the, the only guy getting getting busy last last year. Uh, I mean Velez Jones was the second leading receiver. He only had 22 catches. Jalen Hyatt had 20 catches uh, as a true freshman. And then uh, Eric Gray was your third leading receiver. And then Brandon Johnson had like 19 catches. So, um, we, we listen, we just got to be better at receiver. It's as simple as that. And I don't want to beat a dead horse because we all know. We all know that. So, I did get an answer back. From uh, Fred, he says, uh, weak corner. Because you can roll coverage to weak corner to help out. Don't leave him in space often.
1: I know a little bit about football. Let's go. A small, small victory today. We took a step forward. Tell Fred I said, what's up? <laughs> well, I like what, what you, you added about the running game, too. Man, why are you throwing your phone? Receivers got you that that flustered. Got throw the phone at me. Stop. Uh, but yeah, I, I like what you added though as well. I and I was thinking of just strictly going up against uh, a passing attack. Is that safeties can also come up and help in the run. Mm-hmm. So, mm hmm. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, speaking of safeties, whatever happened to Rashad Baker? Uh, Baker played in the league. Yeah, Baker played in the league for a little bit. Man, I, I I mean I love Rashad Baker, man. Just so cool. He was a he was a senior that didn't try to bother me. Like Troy Fleming, bully. Bake Bake was cool, man. Laid back. Camden, New Jersey boy. He was a great pump returner, very reliable. But yeah, Bake played in the league for a little bit. Uh, fake Bob Keston says, "I'm um, 34. Will I ever witness another SEC championship in my lifetime? Heck, will I ever see us beat Bama Florida again? I think you will. I think you will. Eat lots of vegetables. <laughs> Exercise. Take your vitamins. <laughs> let's get let's get to the phones. We got Jay. Jay, good morning. Brother Swang, good morning. What's up, Jay? Man,
4: I'm living life, bro. I'm living life. Hey, right, man.
0: That's better than the alternative.
4: Ain't, ain't that the truth, but <laughs> That is the truth. Every day above ground is better than the one below. For sure. Uh, Swain, I can't help but feel like, I, I don't know how you feel about our two losses, but I can't help but feel like, especially against Pittsburgh, we are, we are better than Pittsburgh. I, I stand firm on that. But I'm not saying we're better than Florida, okay? But it just feels like our two losses, they didn't do it to us. We did it to ourselves. I didn't leave that Florida game feeling like, man, Florida just beat us down. I felt like, man, we killed ourselves with stupid penalties. I felt like, man, Josh Heupel called a great game, and we can't make wide open catches or we can't hit wide open receivers yet again. I felt like, got you know, we really ran the ball a lot better than I thought we were going to run. We stopped their run outside of their their quarterback running on us, but. Um, I just feel like that game should have been a lot closer, and and we just – it wasn't anything that they did necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't make plays, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh game, I felt like we beat ourselves
0: and we should have won that game. The Florida game, I felt like, you know, th- 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 there was a chance right there, um, fourth down and five with the, the receiver drop, that would have cut – That was back Yeah, that would have cut it to either 21-24 or 24-17, to and who knows what have what would have happened after that, but we would have been in a better position to win. I don't know if we would have won, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like we yeah. were like just dominated. And you know, it was just it was, you know, it was a beat at burst situation. Obviously the depth was a concern going into the game. And it would it could have played a big part there in the fourth quarter, and they might have pulled away. I don't know. But like I, I get what you're saying. I do feel differently about the Pittsburgh game. I truly think mm-hmm. that we like we really beat ourselves like yeah. to the point where we we should have won that game. Don't know if I feel that way exactly with the Florida game.
4: Well, I I don't know if we would have won Florida. I'm not saying that, but I don't think we should have got blown out 38 to 14. For sure. Mhm. And, you know, I listen, kickers miss kicks, but you know, it was just like, I mean, our kicker missed that kick. That's nothing Florida did. I mean, that was right down you know, right down the center, and of course, we had I think two penalties. You know, we could have got even closer, but you know, penalty—it's like we're doing the penalties to ourselves. And you know, I don't know if it's Holiday or Callaway. i, I get the Jimmys mixed up—but you—you got to make that catch, man. No, I for, mean, you no, just—you have, yeah, you got to make that catch. And I am a little concerned, Swain, because I don't know if y'all can confirm this, but I have heard that. Hypel's teams at UCF were some of the most heavily penalized in the nation while he was there. And if that's true, this seems like to be a trend. Even though he acts surprised in the press conferences, like I don't I, well, I don't know. I mean, this is crazy. I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, it's I've heard that his teams were pretty much bottom five or bottom ten in the nation. It, it's and been penalties or false false starts. So they were they were bad men. Yeah, that that's that's true. I, I don't know the
1: exact stats off the top of my head we've looked them up before but it's bad and at this point it is a trend
4: well is that a sign of being is that to me that falls on coaching that falls that's a direct reflection of of your coaches and your head coach and that's just a sign of lack of discipline is that fair to say fair i think
1: it's i think it's fair it's just it's so confusing to me too because i agree that that's that's not a great sign for a coach If, if anything to me it's it's the sign of a bad coach, and I don't think Josh Heupel is a bad coach. So it's confusing to me. I don't and, either. And when he's asked about it, Jay, he says the the right things too. Talks about refs being at practice every day, and they meet up with the refs after practice and, and go over what penalties were called, and uh, that they're they're stressing over and over to the guys that, that you can't commit these these silly penalties. And he talked about it last night on Vol calls that the the in play. Penalties are bound to happen in football. Holding, yeah. you know, things like that. It's part of football. Those type of penalties are bound to happen, but it's the pre-snap penalties and post-play penalties that frustrate coaches the most. The The false starts, the delay of games, the running into the punter, or uh, the, the returner, rather. And he, he didn't like that call. I could tell he didn't like that call because the, the returner is – Supposed to signal above his head, and hypo said that I'm not sure he got his signal above his shoulder. So uh, he he did say that the holiday needs to have better awareness, but he he also kind of stuck up for him as well. And then like the late hits, the the face masks, like those those can happen. And and Hypo is frustrated about it, and, and he's he's preaching to the team about it. He's saying the right things to the media. So it, it baffles me that it continues to be an issue. Let me let me let me ask something here, guys. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Think about the last two coaches that we have had. Don't have to. That, that have been put in situations where they've had to answer questions about the play on the field in press conferences. And the things that they have said be like basically shredded apart and torn apart. And if you're Josh Heupel coming in and you talk to some of the people in the media department about how to handle this media, man, you are letting them know. Like, all right, man, you can you know answer the questions, but be careful. And I think that's why hypo when he's when he's talking, he doesn't really say much. Now Vol calls was good, but like, even if it's blatant as day, it's clear as day that penalties have been the issue at, at at Central Florida, and it's been the issue, you know, at this point here, at Tennessee. He's not going to be like, yeah, man, I'm I'm not doing a good job as a coach at that because now you, we are going to just feed on that, like it's like blood in the water for sharks uh the media and the fans and so he's not like he's not giving people that opportunity and I understand that um because it's gonna be a tough year and the last thing you want is just this 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 cloud of negativity that festers and festers and festers if you can stay away from it as much as you can you should. So yeah like like I don't know if you guys can tell but he He's not going to throw anyone in the bus. He's going to keep it as, as positive as possible. He's not going to go in details about things that, that didn't happen the way they're supposed to. Uh, he, he will flat out not answer a question directly. I mean, it, 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 that's his approach. And I respect it. Um, I don't necessarily love it, but I respect it and I understand it because I know the position that he is in as a, uh, the head coach of Tennessee with what he inherited, how it is to be a coach at Tennessee and the, the fishbowl that you are inside. Like I get it, I understand it. So, uh, I, like his his teams have to be better with penalties. Simple as that. Like he got be he got be better with, as far as discipline. There has to be a punishment, and and like I think it goes over and carries over to the receivers. Like there has to be a punishment. In practice, it can't be all oh, just yelling at you or I'm just correcting you. There has to be some punishment, drop passes, penalties in practice. It has to be, we're running, you're doing up downs, like it has to be something physical, because that's the only way you you get rid of that stuff. And if you don't, it continues to be an issue.
4: I think they no. correlate. No, I, I agree with you, Wayne. And uh that's something I would ask him. If it if it continues, maybe give him this year. I do think Hypel's a good coach. I think he's a great offensive mind. Yeah, I, I think that's all clear as day. I mean, this guy can call play. Mm-hmm. He can scheme people open. And uh more so than maybe what since we've had since Lane Kiffin. I mean we've we've we have we we have not had this in a while. So um uh but if if it continued in the next year, I would ask that question. I'd say, Coach you know, this happens at UCF. It's happened a lot in your top tenure here. I mean, I would ask you: Do you think there's something you're doing or not doing? He probably wouldn't answer the question, but I'd at least ask you. And uh, but you know, who, who knows? Um, I I just think ultimately, I think what's going to come down to is just: Is he going to be able to recruit and, uh, and and get the Jimmys and Joes in here? Obviously, I mean. And you see what Urban Meyer's dealing with. Urban Meyer wasn't running some secret offense and defense at Ohio State. He had better players than everyone.
0: Simple. As now
4: that. he's on equal footing, and you see what's happening. Yep. Yep. And and I I think that's going to be and um, I don't know about players. you, Slain, but I've I've heard uh, I've heard good things about Heupel in recruiting and the effort that he's putting in. It's just you know he's fighting some uphill battles, but I've heard some some good things about his tenacity and how he's going after recruiting and kids, you like know, him. how, huh? kids, like how him. kids like him. Yeah. I mean, I've heard Ben and Swain, I, y'all would know more about that than I would do, but I've heard some good things about it. He's just got some uphill battles. He's facing. Thank you
0: so much for the phone call. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's positive to say about what we're doing in recruiting. There's negatives to say about what we're doing in recruiting. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously, the the, the, the the investigation stuff Is what you have to try to fight But every, every step hasn't been Great that we've taken either So uh, when you have things Up against you When the cards are up against you When you don't have spades in your hand It just puts more pressure on you To win with the few spades you have It makes the margin of error Just that much smaller uh, In recruiting and during the games on Saturday, in between the white lines, so uh, kids do like him. Kids enjoy him. Tennessee's players, you, know, you, you heard about after the game. You know, Hypo is meeting with the parents and the players out. You know, after the game, uh, the players usually get about thirty minutes or so after the game to see their families before to head off uh, and get on the plane to come back to Knoxville. So, you know, Hypo was out there, and you know that that means a lot to. You know the players and, and the parents, and that's that's going to that's going to resonate with a recruit or two, or maybe even more. Um, but right quick before we go to break, I want to make sure I addressed um, something on the text box about the passing. J. A. Black Thirty Three says he'd be more interested in the total number of yards passing through four games. So the total number. Uh, Through four games for This team Is more than last year's Team through four games so Right now uh, we are Sitting at 872 Yards as a team passing Last year during Through four games And again it's versus all SEC schedule uh, 773 So about 100 yards difference 100-yard difference. 865-255-03. Be right back. For what is coming up on the Swain event.
5: Hey there, Swain event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com.
0: If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm,
2: let us help. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit. You get confused You don't understand why you start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what?
0: All right, it's time for For What here on the program. And, uh, Ben, I think you got us taken care of, man. I actually had the, I have the same one as you. So,
1: fire away. We, here on the Swain Event, are giving Devin Williams a For What. Devin Williams is a relief pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. And he's likely to miss the entire postseason after he punched a wall and fractured his hand. Uh, Devin Williams, after celebrating making the playoffs, punched a wall after having a few drinks in his system following Sunday's game that clinched the National League Central Division title for the Brewers, Uh, President of Baseball Operations David Stearns for the Brewers, told reporters that Williams will undergo surgery to put a plate in his hand to repair the fracture and that the injury will likely keep him out for the remainder of the season. Williams told local reporters that after the team celebration, I went out to have a few drinks, and at my home, I was a little frustrated, upset, and I punched a wall. That's how it happened. Uh, Williams is a very good relief pitcher, one of the best in baseball uh, some say he has the best changeup in baseball. Uh, Williams was last year's NL Rookie of the Year, and this season was eight and two with a two point five zero ERA, and has eighty seven strikeouts in fifty four innings, which is a ridiculous number. Uh, he set up Josh Hader, and has helped the Brewers perhaps have the best late game combination in the majors. The Brewers are seventy and four. When leading after seven innings, he said that he's pretty upset with himself. There's no one to blame but me. I feel like I've let the team down, the coaching staff, the fans, everyone. I know how big of a role that I play on this team, and there's a lot of people counting on me. Um, Apparently, he came in the next day, came in on on Tuesday, and tried to throw, and it just was not happening. Told the medical staff, got him x-rayed during the game. Got the results during the game, consulted with the doctors, and the Brewers said that surgery is going to be required. So what are you punching a wall for, my guy? I know, I know you were intoxicated, but come on. Come on. You can't be punching a wall. That's probably the
0: dumbest thing that I've, I've, I've ever heard an athlete that uses their hand to make money punch a wall breaking their hand now they can't use their hand I mean
1: has the wall ever lost? no (laughs) Like I wouldn't know. I never punched the wall. I, I it, it would, it's it, dumb. It would not lose to me. I know that. I I would defeat the wall. I mean, the wall would come down as if the Incredible Hulk was punching it if I punched it. But
0: like nothing, like nothing good can happen. Like you can get lucky and just hit
1: hit the sheetrock. But like
0: in most cases, nothing good can happen. It is so dumb. I don't get why anyone would punch glass. You're not winning that battle, or punch a wall. It's just there's other ways to channel your anger, and all you're doing is just creating a problem for yourself. It just makes no sense.
1: I'd be so mad if this happened to to, to, to a Yankee. If it, if it happened to a Chapman, I'd be so mad. I'd yeah. be so mad. Yeah. Although we had an unfortunate injury last night, fastball right off the forearm. Got x-rays. Haven't heard yet, but one of our one of our starters. Hopefully that comes back okay. hope so. Uh, no, you don't because you're a bad
0: friend. No, nah, I hope so. Man. I want the Yankees to win, man. As long as it ain't gets the White Sox, I want you to be happy. Um, <laughs> Tadal Jarrett says, I'm comparing a first-year system to a third-year system, apples to oranges. What was the passing game in Pruitt's first four games in his first year? Now listen, if you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to if you want to make yourself feel better for the first four games receiving wise, <laughs> you can do that. But the reason why I'm comparing the f- first four games is because all of the pressure this whole offseason, we knew, the staff knew where they were going to have to make plays it was going to be a wide receiver. You brought in multiple guys at the quarterback position. You brought in multiple guys at the wide receiver position because you knew receiver had to be a big spot for you. And as bad as Jared Gantano was, and as bad as the offense was last year, through four games, their lead receiver has produced more than this year's leading receiver. So, if you want to make yourself feel good and be like, "Hey man, first year, first year, first year system versus third year system," you can do that if you want to. Because comparisons always are not perfect, but like it just it just put things even in more more perspective. Not like you didn't know that receivers have not played well, but it just it just makes you think like, "Wow, man." We thought last year was like terrible, terrible throwing the football, but their leading receiver has more yards and catches and touchdowns than this year's leading receiver, and it's surprising. It is very, very surprising. So, um, if you will make yourself feel better, you can. It's still you're still a problem, and this week is a chance to fix a lot of wrongs for this group. This is a great chance for this group because Mizzou has to throw the football to be successful. So this game won't be over in three hours. (laughs) This game is going to be a long game. Tennessee wants to put up a lot of plays. Mizzou wants to throw the football. So that clock may not be grinding and going out like it like it was maybe in other games where both teams are running the football um effectively in a lot but th- there's there's a chance that man this this game sh- could hit the hit the over in a big way um there's going to be some offensive fireworks I feel like in this football game I really do um Eli Drinkwitz yesterday on the teleconference Ben, he um he kind of gave us a little tea.
1: Mm-hmm. Gave us a little tea. Yeah, you uh, mentioned earlier in the show that Drinkwitz was was asked about their issues um both in in the Russian defense. He was also asked about his offensive line and said that they struggle with, with five man protections, which I'm no expert in O-line play, but it seems like five-man protection is pretty basic. That, that should be the thing that you master first and foremost.
0: Well, I mean, he was like, you know, they, they got to clean up. You know, they've had free rushers
1: versus five-man protection.
0: Now, that is... Obviously, just just your lineman. That's no. There's no running back blocking. There's no tight end blocking. That's that's having all your five guys out on a route. And so, if if they're having struggle struggles protecting in five man protection, um, then for them to have more protection now, they got to keep a running back in. They got to keep a receiver in or a tight end in. And that's just less weapons that Tennessee's defense have to account for. So. You want five guys out if you're the offense because now you can put different stresses on the defense. So you have a, you know, a, deep, a deep threat. You have someone covering the flats on both sides. You have someone in the middle. You can really force the defense to have to play 53 yards wide and 100 yards deep. But when you have to bring someone in and keep them in the block, you can't threaten all areas. So now instead of five guys going out, it's just four guys going out. And there may be a DB that will be playing in the flats and a running back will be running maybe that, that, that f- fast flat route to, to the flats. Maybe that DB, because the running back is blocking, he doesn't have to really worry about that area. So now he can sink. He can continue to sink, continue to sink, continue to sink. And if there's a corner route being ran behind that DB, now he can sink and undercut the corner, so like you don't have the the spacing as much when you don't have a lot of guys going out on the route. So this is this is a good thing for Tennessee's defense if they can continue to expose Missouri's weakness, which is blocking five-man protection without having a free free rusher. So uh, that was a nice little um, nugget from Eli Drinkets. Not like Tim Banks can't see it on film. But he did make it clear for all of us to be able to see on Saturday. (laughs) Hour three, coming up.